I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance of goal, I said I should go going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. I'm So that was Jack Nolan for Midlands Radio Cheddar. So he was uh, capturing the mood of the moment there just as the final whistle blew. A little bit of lovely leash as well. Cheddar, if we can't sing from the rooftops about a win like this, when can we actually start being a little bit uh, celebratory about our county? Um, well, no, a better man than Jack to capture the mood um, is all I'll say. And, and, and you know, look, look, I suppose it's great that Jack can capture that mood because he's contributed a lot himself to hurling in the county at underage level um, and at development level over a number of years in that as well. Um, so I'd say, look, a lot of these people, you know, we'll just talk about the emotions first before we talk about the the the, uh, the an- analytics and that. Um, look, an awful lot of these people showed their emotion and a lot of that was, was, you know, very personal, built up over a long number of years in a sports context first about, you know, being close a number of times, not that often, you know, I don't want to 
over over egg this either. But there's a number of times you can go back to the kind of Shea Gold and Croker and, and different times like that, that, you know, Leash were very, very close in a situation like that. And I suppose the last three or four minutes, people are on the edge of their seats. I certainly remember Sean Moran scoring the, the penalty in, in Parnell Park. And oh, that. my God, yeah. Um, and against uh, against the Piercing <coughs> Wakula. And, and, and correct, yes. And he robbed a mountain of ground because where Lennon fouled him, it was yeah. nowhere near where he took the free. Yeah, no, I thought that all right. And I, I, I thought that the umpire should have taken that back um, and would you believe it I'm just thinking now Willie we were in the opposite situation against Galway I think in 2014 and we had a free almost in the very same place Noel Riley came up to take it um, and you know we, didn't, we we needed I think we were a pint or two down uh, needing to knock Galway out of the Leinster Championship I think it was the Leinster semi-final actually I think it was the Leinster semi-final if my memory serves me correct um, and Owen went up to take the, the it was a free like that it wasn't a penalty it was a free like that and we didn't convert it if we had we would win the match the, I think the game was blew up nearly on the on, on the on the puck out so a lot of Leash people rem- remember that and look this is the beauty about sport you know all of these little pictures flash in front of your eyes just as these these events occur and they're very very emotional I mean enough that people give a huge even outside of the players and most of the people that were in the Moor Park yesterday are coaches or parents of kids driving kids all over the county to games and that and they have the very same emotions as I would Woolley or as you would have or as as you know Tommy Fitzgerald had yesterday um, and you know it was real edge of the seed stuff that had you know fought like lions right throughout the game dominated the game really and then found you know that they could have been unhinged with a you know a free in in the last minute um, so it was real edge of the seed stuff so I'm not surprised that there was such an outpouring of emotion from all these people at the end of the game and look it was brilliant to see it's, it's just absolutely fantastic to see yeah and they all gathered around the top end of the field there and the supporters gathered around them and they were singing songs look for me it was uh, uh, well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of other things as well that, that you know there's a lot of personal emotions in something like that as well um, and I don't want to just get too serious on, on it but you know you've got to think about you know, real serious issues in the mix in that as well. When you think of, of you know, Ryan Milani's performance yesterday, lost his sister in law four or five weeks ago. Um, you know, he would he definitely was going to give performance yesterday. Cornel Keeney wasn't going to wasn't going to bully him yesterday. Uh, so there's a lot of things like that. Um, there's a picture at the end of, of our our tour at the end of the Sunday game last uh, night of of Martin Cuddy. Um, you know, she just she just showed the emotion I suppose of what it meant to be a Leash supporter. Um, and you know Martin lost his son uh, you know a number of weeks back as well so there's a lot of personal things in a situation like that that's wrapped up in a win like that and I'm not saying for a minute that they replace what you have lost but you know maybe it might help in some way and I mean there's a lot of other issues as well Um, you know you have a number of those players including in other counties not this is not just necessarily Leash but just that Leash is in the spotlight I'm talking about him now that would have went through some serious injuries ACLs I'm thinking of Ben Conroy who would have been playing yesterday only for an ACL I'm thinking of Cahar Healy who I'd love to see back playing again next year who's out with a double ACL but I'm also thinking of the likes of Willie Dunphy um you know, I managed Willie for a number of years and, and I was amazed to see him out in the middle of the field tearing around and, and you know, tearing into that yesterday. I think Willie Dunphy's probably playing with no ligaments in his knee at this stage. It's that <laughs> serious. No, I'm, 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 you know, it might be funny, but it's not funny. Yeah. It's very serious because it's going to be very serious for him in a couple of years' time. And he got buried under the terrace just before half-time. Well, he I tell you he true, was in big trouble. Willie, he buried everybody else as well. <laughs> um, you know, I'm Seth and Chow were like wrecking balls going around the place and Dublin didn't have that 
stomach for the fight I thought and I just want to go back to that point and just on, just before we go off the emotional point I suppose um, there's a, you know in a situation like that for players and everybody knows that like these are all neighbours and friends of all of us and we all know what to go through in that and you know when you get a win like that it's some small reward and um, you know for, for what they've given in that so I think a lot of people in Leash knew that yesterday what the team had went through in that and we're just so glad for the players really I suppose Yeah no it was absolutely and like I mean it, it's the best Leash win I've seen since 1992 when the footballers beat Mead in Navan and Mead had just been yes. beaten in the all in final now there was some good wins for the footballers in between but I was involved and never you know you, d- you don't have that kind of stress on the terrace and just watching it and your heart is in your mouth because I thought when Dublin got it back to fifth, on 55 minutes I thought they'd push on and then Leash got three in a row and they were able to push it out it, the, the crowd really got behind him it was just that type of game where the players just played with a huge amount of heart and you know got the crowd behind them got the crowd emotionally invested in it and when the full time whistle went the natural thing to do was just to run onto the field I didn't know why I yeah. did it I just wanted to get out onto the field and be, be out on it I don't know no, how, you, even you, how to explain it You're right it, it certainly does remind me I was in Navin in 92 and I agree with you that was Hugh Emerson's yeah. tour de force um, and uh, you know it was there was a great feeling after that and look we know why that is you know this is the tribal nature and the, I suppose the community nature of the GA you're playing for your pride of your county for your neighbours and your friends and your, obviously your family and, and obviously for yourself um, and those that wiring up is what gives it the emotion that the GA has that's probably not in some other sports I, I'm not interested in comparing things here Um and you know that so when you win something like that in a tight match and particularly in a tight match where you were the underdogs and you had to fight really really hard and physically fight and show yeah. that uh, to supporters of course you're going to connect with supporters and you know those things are really really important but it 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 goes back, I suppose, Willie, um, you know, it just goes back to a point that I've been making a number of times all the morning, really. Um, we just don't want sporadic days like that. Um, you know, we want to celebrate them and recognise them and applaud our players and thank them for their effort. Um, but we want to move on to a different plateau. And, you know, it just, I suppose, put in, in, in the context for Lee supporters yesterday what it would be like to be supporting Kilkenny, Cork and Tipperary in these counties that are regularly at this level and are regularly seeing those type of performances and uh, you know we we cry out for, for that consistency and you know a team to support like we had yesterday Yeah well 21 of the panel are under 25 10 are between 19 and 22 and as we said on the show, next year's Leash Minor team is their best, our best in a long time. So, like, I mean, maybe the future does does look uh, does look a little bit brighter for Leash Leash Hurling. Um, look, I'd be very, I, I would be very wary about that, Willie. When I speak about those things, I suppose I'm generalising. I, I think there's two things here. There's the immediacy, and that's really for the team. Um, and the immediacy really is next Sunday. And I suppose. Um, you know, the emotional stuff needs to be part quickly this week. Um, you know, somebody said, I think some support psychologist said somewhere, um, you know, emotion gets in the way of winning. And, you know, that's very, very true. Um, so I, I think, you know, I'd love to see, um, it was just fantastic to see yesterday. And you've got to, you've got to recognise that and applaud that and and celebrate it in the right way and then get your feet planted firmly on the ground again and be ready for the next week. And if I was to use some symbolism, I think, 
um, you know, I have used myself sometimes in the past that Jim Telfer um, uh, video about the lions and that, um, you know, at least have climbed some hills, have climbed some mountains and they're going to face an Everest next Saturday. But the, the, the processes and the mindset and that that got them over the line yesterday is the very same that's needed next week. Let's not lose that. And, you know, let's celebrate at the right time about things and then plant the feet firmly on the ground and be ready for the fight again next week. And I've no doubt that management and team will be like that. Yeah. Where would you rank it in the big shocks in, hur- in the hurling world? I'm thinking of Antrim beating Offaly in 1989. Would it be up around those kind of I know it is. Oh, without a doubt it is. Um, look, I suppose... Um, it's, well, first of all, we'll talk maybe about uh, analytically about the game in a minute. Um, but let's just stay up in the helicopter for a minute. Um, you know, I said last week and I, I, in the last couple of weeks, I just think there's a great pathway for Dublin um, to get to an All-Ireland final. Um, they were going to take on Leash, um, you know, who most people, if we're being really honest and really frank with each other here, uh, most people would have expected Dublin to win the game. Then they were playing Tipperary, who, did, who they wouldn't have feared and they already beat him in the league and, and so on. Um, and then they were right in the mix for a semi and, and, and pushing on to an All-Ireland. Um, and to be beaten, I think, um, is a huge knockback to Dublin, not necessarily to their team, uh, but you know we've spoke at length here about their development plans and all of this stuff that has been spent on Dublin. Um, but being beaten like that is a is a it's it's a big setback, I think, in a number of ways. You know, d- football is dominant in Dublin. You know, we know that. But if your flagship team gets beaten in a game like that, supporters drift away, um, you know, young players will gravitate towards the football because that's where the gravy train is um, and so on, so on. Um, so I, I think in shocks, in, in you know, you asked the question, Willie, and I want to go back to that. Um, it is a serious, serious shock, you know, considering yeah. even what we've said in terms of the development plan in Dublin since 2003 and then a result like this, um, you know, like they're serious hits to take. And you would have thought that uh, Dublin were on a serious upper curve having beaten Galway um, you know a serious intent about getting to an All-Ireland and you would have said prior to that that Leash's goals were you know win the Joe McDonough get into the Leinster Championship next year and you know consolidate and build you know maybe a year or two as you go along because you, you're right they are a very very young team so it is a serious serious setback you know you're going back to Offaly being beaten by Antrim a number of years ago and that as well um, and I'd probably go back to you know even 85 Leash beat Wexford in in, in uh, Croker in 85 in the semi-final and went into a Leinster final um, it's certainly one of the best performances um, I'd put it ahead Willie of uh, Leash beat Offaly in the Leinster quarter final in 14 or whatever it is um, and I'd probably think that the current Dublin team on paper and on potential um, you know are on an upward curve and, and you know serious should have been you know serious All-Ireland contenders and to beat them and to take them down um, is a bigger statement um, so you know obviously I'm more interested in you know so what happens next and you know, and really I suppose looking at what happens next long term and you know I, I, Willie I'm on record as appealing to the GA and I did so again yesterday and got a bit caught carried away maybe a little bit in the motion of the whole thing but I mean what I said but look there is a, a responsibility now on Leash County Board GA to look at this as well um, you know if you you've got to ask how can we sustain what we saw in Moore Park yesterday and you're not going to win every game it's very very competitive hurling is hugely competitive but it, how can Leash become competitive at that level to be able to play like that yesterday um, and look Leash County Board itself needs to look at this as well and it needs to, 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 to look at is our development plan in Leash 
disregard all of what Croke Park and Leinster Council and everybody else can do for us internally in itself is it at the, at the cutting edge of development plans even within Ireland even without say, looking at other sports or looking outside of Ireland um, and you look if you read Chrissy O'Connor's article on what Cork are doing um, and in terms of, in the terms of way they, they have transformed themselves to be to be much better than they are um, or if you look at Limerick raising the treaty clearly we aren't um, I actually think that the last development plan in, in Leash was a year or two ago I think the key transformational aspect of it was that they split the Port Leisha club in two it's my own club and maybe I'm a little bit emotionally attached to that but hurling in Port Leisha is on its hind legs and you know this is what we wanted to do so I, I think build on yesterday is the real message that that I'd like to go uh, forward out of this before you actually discuss the game and why it went the way it did um, and you know, I, I think that's a real key message when you have a small little bit of success and at the end of the day this is just you know this is one of Joe McDonough and beating a top tier team um, that's the real time to examine everything you do and is it fit for purpose for us to drive to where we want to go to and I'd suggest at the minute that it isn't and you know maybe we should stop bleating ourselves and get our own house in order first before we start appealing to other, other organisations Yeah okay fair enough Shout out to Rhino Dwyer Cheddar Do you remember Rhino Dwyer made that mad prediction that I said last May and you told me oh that would be the Niall Corcoran connection then after that we're talking about so yes. Rhino Dwyer on the RT website um, did his predictions and at the end there was one for surprise packages and Ryan predicted Leash will win the Joe McDonough Cup and possibly win the qualifier game to progress to the All-Earn quarterfinal. So Ryan O'Dwyer, I've tried to get him as a pundit on this show, Cheddar. I want him even more now. <laughs> um, I, I know Ryan and he'd be definitely one you'd want to get on as a, as a pundit, Willie. And uh, look, Ryan knows he's hurling. Um, he's probably, you know, he knows what, you know, what Niall knows as well. Um, look, there's sort of some uh, variables that's hard to put your finger on. Um, I think Niall in his own right um, is very recognised as a top-class coach, um, is you know fully integrated into the Leash project and is hugely, hugely important to the current team. Um, but his knowledge yesterday maybe of Dublin was helpful as well. Certainly the team set-ups set and the match-ups. Yeah, um, we'll all, talk about them definitely in part two. No, yeah. he definitely did. The only other person who, well, not the only other person, but another person who predicted did um, a leash win was you on Thursday so we'll have a listen I was to very that dis- I was very disappointed though, Willie. I, I thought we'd win before we only won by two I, I must <laughs> say that to the lads I'm a bit disappointed with you lads I was going for four there having <laughs> said all that leash ain't going to be beaten is the exact quote that you made so listen we'll have to give you credit on that one Cheddar even though you do tip leash in every game they play so you're, you're going to be right at some stage come here listen we're, we're going to have to leave it there um, Cheddar because Eddie Brennan is just after join us, joining us on the line how's the head Eddie? All good, yeah. It's a, it's 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 a bit tender, all right, Willie. But uh, a, a good tender, to be honest. Um, you know, just uh, I suppose you're just uh, you know, it's 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 unbelievable to get up this morning, even, and you're looking at the covers, and you know, it was in my head yesterday evening. It's like, oh, it's it's just such a big story because it's it's the cover of every paper, and you know, I picked up the Times earlier on, and a picture of our man Mountain Ryan Milani, you know, and just his back, number six on his back, and you know. I suppose fist up in the air, and you know, for me, the one that was the most satisfying thing yesterday was just seeing the the good it done for the players. Like, and, and just, they were just, and they've grown so much in the last few weeks. And you just go, oh, God, if ever there's a 
I suppose a, a time when you say the penny is dropping and, and, and the sky is the limit well there it is for them like you know Yeah it was look it was absolutely unbelievable it was unbelievable scenes at the full time whistle obviously the suspense of Sean Moran's uh, free that he totally robbed yardage to bring it in a bit because oh. <laughs> where, where he was fouled I was like that's a brilliant foul and the next minute he's lining up for yeah. this free he says how the hell has he got brought it in there Yeah and, and, and the funny thing was what I what I was you know even the players to be fair to them like we, we we always talk about concentration right to the end the players were hounding the ref over that and he just ignored it which was which was disappointing to be honest because you're kind of going does that side of it it was within 10-12 yards of the sideline and he ends up having a straight shot on the goal like and amidst all the protest they just ignored it but look uh in fairness to the boys, um, look, they, they they dealt with it, and you know, I just think I felt it was going to take something absolutely incredible to to convert it from there. Yeah, uh, the atmosphere was unbelievable. You probably wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been in the Moor Park as as much as me, but it's very rare that the stand in a terrace are packed like that for for leash matches. So you know, and for them to witness a result like that, you even experienced the leash, 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 uh, awful or brilliant, yeah. <laughs> awful or brilliant chant, whichever way you want to look at it. But like that, that's only. Pull out when the team is when the fans are really emotionally involved you know what I mean trying to get behind them yeah and uh, I suppose during the week you know Tommy Fitzgerald spoke Friday night and he just referenced that he said look lads he said just you know he said if if we come in at half time and he said we're, we're we have something to, to, to drive us forward he said the crowd will carry in off that pitch and he said it in the half time so it was unbelievable and um, you know, I, I suppose yeah, I've, 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 I was there. I, I witnessed Dunmore Park, and again, look, it wasn't a leash crowd that was involved. There was a massive crowd up there for the time that that Dublin took out Kilkenny in the Leinster oh, Championship yeah. a few years ago, and like a packed house in a Moor Park is a savage atmosphere. And even from from yesterday, like, and we said that to the players to be ready for that and to enjoy it. Like, don't don't let the 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 atmosphere get you like that. That you just go with it, and I think it's. It helps us, and you know, I I felt at the start that match that you know we needed some kind of a spark to 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 really get things going, and you know the the goal was was probably that it just it just really breathes adrenaline into the boys because you know you'd say that coming down the stretch like the, the the legs were going to be a factor, and we were so conscious of that saying look we need subs you know and and they have to have a bit of a punch in them. But strangely enough, when we kind of considered the subs, we were kind of going, yeah, but boys are doing okay. So yeah. in some ways, you, you don't want to, to turn it up. But uh, yeah, look, just an unbelievable atmosphere. And, and for a, a group of young men to experience that, it's, it's just, it's brilliant. It was, it was brilliant. I, like, I mean, it just get carried away with a pitch invasion. And then, you know, the, the <laughs> songs on the field afterwards, it's not often. Yeah. You, I just, my missus is from Spain and she ran out into the field afterwards. Like, I mean, it was just, you, you, you just kind of get carried away by a match like that it was a famous win and it's fantastic um, but like I mean Dublin got it back level on 55 minutes and they were talking about the legs I was very concerned then you know with the turnaround and with all those yeah. kind of things and Jesus the response to that like three, reeled off three great points in a row to push it out and that broke Dublin's hearts Yeah it did and uh, I suppose the one thing we never let them do is we never let them leave and uh, you know I suppose during the year and I, I spoke about this yesterday was that you know despite maybe some of the, the beatings that we got during the league, we'll say off Galway and Watford, I just, you know, at half time in, in those dressing rooms, you, you know, your message is, look lads, I don't care what's going on, we just stick at it and we try making roads into it and we try, you know, we stick to the process, we stick to what we're good at 
And yesterday was just, to me, further endorsement of that because the players went out yesterday and just delivered an unbelievable performance. And, you know, I said that they, they just refused to just wilt yesterday. Just an absolute stubbornness in them to just not give in. And despite the fact that, you know, they, they, ate, they ate up our five-point leads, you know, quickly enough after half-time. And we were kind of concerned at that stage. But it was always the response. And I said that to the lads. It's, it's always about what you do next. It's, it's what happens next and how you respond to something. Because the easiest thing in the world is to quit and just stay calm and just get the next ball and, and they were brilliant in that regard and the, the more most crucial thing for me was they played for each other yesterday the man in the better position always got the ball you know there was a little bit of way we were shooting but at the same time every time when we worked the ball well we, we just always had a man and you know just we were a millimetre away from a millimetre away from a good touch at the end of that match we'd had a walk-in goal uh, right at the death but look uh, we won't uh, we, we won't uh, worry about that now <laughs> That's it you were saying after the game their skill cannot be questioned today on top of that I saw their spirit grow something that's been happening all year and Cheddar's talked on the show here about you know some of the Joe McDonough Cup teams confidence being the issue you know that skill it can be as yeah. issue but it's not as much as what everybody else is saying so like I mean Leach believed that they, they can beat the top teams now which which I'd say they didn't, considering you know the awful year they had last year when you took over first. Yeah, well, and even this year, look, it's it's funny. Like at times, you know, you're kind of looking at getting meaningful challenge matches. You know, we we played Cork in a challenge match. We played Tips A team in a challenge match. Um, we we played Clare in a challenge match. So you're kind of going, okay, we have to play the top teams as if we're going to improve. Um, and that's look, you're saying, yeah, we know the teams we're playing against. But if we play better teams and we're forced into, you know, fighting for our lives and surviving in those matches and, and trying to punch holes in the opposition, I said, then we'll be ready for what comes at us in the McDonough. And, and that, to me, was an important thing this year. And you're, and you're mindful of that because, OK, we didn't play probably their strongest teams at times, but still we were playing top-tier teams. And that's important for the lads to kind of see that, yeah, we're, we're well able to survive at this level. And... Like you said, their confidence is a big thing, like with players and 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 for anyone playing sport, like it's it's uh it's you know it's it's something that you can't just buy. It's something you can't just flick a switch, and it comes from maybe you know believing in something you're doing. And, and yes, it was just brilliant because I just saw a bunch of guys that didn't let the emotion of the occasion get to them either. Um, you know, because there was a huge atmosphere there yesterday. And they kept their emotions in check, even even when the match was might have been looked as if okay, Dublin are turning the screw now, and it's going to that narrative is going to flow. Um, to be fair to them, they just they just refused to lie down, and like you said, there we worked three brilliant points to, to respond. Yeah, no, exactly. And the use of the ball is really good, Eddie. I know it's obviously something you must have been working at. Like, it's real modern hurling. Like, there's no big long long clearances to nobody. Use the hand pass brilliantly. And I suppose when you have a sweeper like Lennon there, he's always there available. So, like, you know, you know that hand pass up over a lad's head, kind of maybe batting the hand yeah. pass down. Like, I mean, you use that really well. And I was noticing in the warm-up, you do a like a... It's a drill you see with football an awful lot, which is a hand-passing game in a, in a tight, confined space. But you were using the hand-pass, like a hand-passing game in hurling in that tight, confined space. Maybe that's a common warm-up in hurling, but I hadn't seen it before. Yeah, no, it's just, again, something that I suppose Niall and Tommy kind of with the warm-up, you know, we sat down and, and, and what, it, what the warm-up was going to look like. And, and again, my, my input from my background would be loads of touch, loads of ball, like... um. 
and stuff that you know everything that they do in training should replicate what they're going to do on the pitch uh, and that's the reality of it so I suppose it's getting the boys that look there is nerves there is a kind of that that comes with it and the more often you get your hands on the ball the more relaxed it helps you feel because when you get on the pitch it's like anything that first ball once you get it and it works for you then you're off and you're, and you're possibly going to have a flyer of a game so that was a, an important thing and look the lads we've 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 just been the very very simple message that we've been pushing with the lads is don't just throw away the ball don't get rid of it and and, and even yesterday you'd say when we were under pressure um, and Dublin were coming at as hard you know Enda went to Lee clear in the cornerback position with a puck out and Lee rather than just turn around and sculling it he carried it out he won a free and then Enda came up and, and nailed the free so and that's just saying look we're under pressure everyone is probably going get it up to the other end of the pitch and leave yeah. it up there but more than ever you're saying to the lads no lads believe in what you're doing and back yourselves yeah no they definitely did come here I know you don't want any credit you'll probably bat this away but like I mean <laughs> your tactics were spot on you know playing the sweeper um, putting in a lines on Mark Crummy who hadn't been uh, picked to play Crummy wasn't in it in the air at all um, you know leaving lots of space in front of Ross King although he had a really big battle against um, against Paddy Smith and obviously starting Chan midfield then who did really well and then Willie Dunphy which was inspired stuff bringing him to midfield who was outstanding you know and then even Sutcliffe started coming into it in the second half you made a change there when it was needed like I mean everything probably worked out well on the sideline as well from a management point of view uh, yeah, look, we were, we were. That was the big thing for us. Was we, we were very much spotting, keeping tabs on fatigue. But um, no, as regards our matchups, look, I think you know we we, we focused on, on on certain things. We focused on you know strong players for Dublin, saying who are the guys that have influence, and you know we 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 detailed all our backs. were given guys to mark, and we said look wherever they go. Just stick with them, and 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 look, I I I'd be be very honest about it. Um, I'm not, you know, at times, and I've I've said it a few times about, you know, playing that seven defender sweep or extra man, whatever you want to call it. And I, I've, I, I haven't, you know, I suppose given out about it per se, but you cut your cloth to to what fits. And we just felt yesterday our strategy was that we weren't going to cough up Dublin space, we weren't going to cough up an early goal, and we just said to the lads, we're going to keep it really, really tight. And I'm sure the players questioned it because it was the first time all year that we actually really went specifically with that kind of a setup. And, you know, we gave John, John the specific instructions of don't try to be everywhere. Just just sometimes mark space. They, they want to put the ball in space. So you just occupy that space and the boys will be touched tight then. And, and look, I, I, the big thing was they were communicating together and they were talking to each other. And, and that's the most important thing when, when you're on the field. You, said you have to be talking yourself through. You have to be talking each other around the pitch. Um, and in that regard, look, some days you try things, some days they don't work. But look, um, to be fair, we sat down and, 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 and we hatched the plan and look, it, it worked out, it was executed. And then you have to be able to, I suppose the big thing is keep your emotions in check and say, right, where do we need a bit of fresh legs now? And we finished that match with three subs along our half-back line, which was you know, a massive thing. If you had to have said that to me at the start of the day, like in the half-back line is such an important important line that you turn around and you have three new guys in there, two of them, you know, two of them, 22. Yeah, geez, and the age profile is so young and a brilliant minor team next year, which, you know, was maybe a year too soon against Wexford um, this year. So there definitely looks to be a good future. Come here, I want to ask you about managing the Joe McDonough Cup win because that was a really difficult one because the easy thing to do would be say, lads, go home, 
you know, let's not uh, have a few points. We have a difficult game. And that's the culture now is to say that uh, having a few points is is evil. And, you know, it, it just goes to show how much of the game is actually psychological in that you were able to go for a few points Sunday night, had a few on Monday and watched a match. It wasn't a late one. But physically, you were up to it, you know, five, six days later. But the confidence, the momentum, the camaraderie, all the good things that came with with celebrating that win came to the fore, you know? Yeah, that was it. And even kind of, you know, we... we you're you're conscious of that, but like the one thing I wasn't going to do with this week, and I, I I said no, I'm not going to be you know the one that pulled up the handbrake on the Monday, and we were kind of going. The, the backdrop of it is I wanted them to go out and do themselves justice this weekend. I said, look, one thing we're not going to do is go through the motions, and I think the players could have been forgiven for saying, look, we we, we want to enjoy this because what sent what sells them really is wonderful and. For them, you know, I left it. I left it over to them on Monday, and I said, "Look, whatever we do, lads, you go together, or go go watch the match." And slowly, you know, the video man looked after. He he got a he got a laptop into a into somewhere, and, and the boys watched the match together. And I was disappointed personally. I missed that, uh, but my job then was right. We need to start getting planning for the weekend, and it was a case of then Tuesday evening to a man. They all turned up at training. Um, they were shook, but. They they worked and I said to them, look lads, we need to get a bit of a sweat on here, nothing heavy, but we just need to flush the system, get the toxins out. And we went and we trained on Wednesday, which we'd never done. And we'd done, you know, maybe a half an hour of good work on Wednesday evening. And that just teed it up. And like I said, there we had a, I, I was, I was on, I wasn't sure until we had the meeting uh, Friday evening and we had, a, we announced the team and a couple of guys spoke. And like I said, look, I've, I've said it there in a few places. I, you know, I rang Neil Cock and I said, Jesus, I think we're right. Like, I think the boys are really ready for this. And you could just sense it. Like, they're, like they're, they're a good group. They're good together. And even yesterday, like, the, the, even when we said about going upstairs, we usually have a little chat before we go up to the dressing room. And, you know, they didn't go out on the pitch. They just they were there together. And they were just, I suppose, enjoying what was coming, really. Yeah, I saw them all lined up at outside the centre of excellence there during the match. Were you a little bit pissed off that the pitch wasn't cleared for you? I saw you running onto the field. As yeah, I, I was tweeting yeah, about that, thinking it was bad form. I thought it was bad form from it was badly organised, but also Mead and Clare should have, should have known. You know what I mean? They were staying talking to supporters out in the field. Yeah, that's it, and that's where look. I suppose I, I did. I, I I'd be stressed, and I didn't want to. You hate kind of. I, I don't like kind of arguing, but I had a little bit of a growl at some of the stewards. I said, come on, lads, will you get them off the pitch? Like, you know, and some of them were standing over at a gate at the terrace and allowing people freely walk in and walk straight across where we were trying to warm up. And uh, you're just conscious of players at that stage. They need their space and they need to get to yeah. do what they have to do. Like, And, and that was odd. Now, in fairness to the lads, the, the stewards, once once we let the little bark at them, <laughs> they, they, got, they, cleared, they cleared the pitch, to be fair to them. And... Uh, we were able to get on with it and I suppose we found out afterwards Tommy, Tommy Fitz and all he said we're actually two minutes early onto the pitch so but it worked out um, but look that's important because when you get out there look the, the players need to get their game face on and the last thing you want is that, is that kind of thing and, and that's, look no disrespect to anyone you're, you're there to do a job Yeah exactly you're there to do a job and some players like to sprint out in the field and you could run into a child or anything it's just not good enough as far as I would be concerned with, you know, yeah. for, a, for a big match like that Tipperary now Eddie so like I mean this is a big enemy for you so I'm, I, so I presume you'll be uh, imparting words of wisdom in that regard onto the Leash players <laughs> 
Ah, yeah, look, it's, uh, as I said earlier on, I said the, the, the noisy neighbours, they're, they're noisy neighbours for, for Leash as well. Um, <laughs> but look, there's, um, ah, look, it's, it's, it's a massive opportunity and, and I think that that's the one thing you say to the lads, like is, if you had to have told the lads maybe, you know, last November when we met them for the first time that, you know, we're going to play in Croke Park, we'll go back seven days later to Moore Park and we'll take out, you know, a top tier team and then the following weekend we're going back to Croke Park to play Tipperary in the quarterfinal of the championship. I think that they probably would have all walked out the door and said, "This lad is do lally." But um, just you know, and we didn't never envisage that you know that scenario coming. But I felt from get go that they were they was they were good enough to, to win the match. and no doubt about that. And even Sunday, look facing into Dublin, and that was the one thing that behind the the the, the pump that was there all week from winning it. And I just in the back when I said, Oh, we went up in a league match and we should have beaten them in that league match in, in Parallel Park and I just said, Look, I said, I think that, you know, there's no doubt these boys are there for the take and I said, and you know, it's 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 different if you were facing a different animal maybe, but you know, and, and look, they were short some of their big names too, but that's not our problem. Um, we just went with our game plan and focused on ourselves and, and just as I said to the boys, just you know, the big thing is with this is just keep having belief in yourselves and keep backing yourselves and they did. Yeah, no, they definitely did. Come here, Eddie, congratulations and best of luck against Tipperary and thanks for taking the call. No bother, really, thanks. Take care. I, I remember my mother, Lord Mercenary, she's dead. She's eight years this year. She never saw me holding live, but she always went to the matches to the hotel the two finals and we got off the bus after the first one and the first person to meet me was my mother and she said, look, what's meant to be is meant to be. She said, keep the head up. I said, grand. No bother, man. Thanks. 96, back to the hotel again, first person <laughs> off the bus, my mother. She says, ah, look, what's meant to be? I said, man, will you give it a fucking ride? <laughs> <laughs> So it has to be said, Cheddar, 122 to 23 points. This was no fluke. This was no smash and grab. This was a team who led from the start, led the whole way through the game. Even when Dublin got back level, they reeled off three points in a row, stood up and were counted. There was nothing jammy about this. There was no minnow getting a late goal. This was a, a dominant performance from start to finish and the better, much better team on the day one. I think that's true. Um, and I don't think, uh, you know, Dublin would, would no. question that either, Willie. Um, certainly right throughout the game, um, they were certainly the more hungry. They were certainly by far and away the more aggressive on the contested balls. And they played the most intelligent hurling. And, you know, I said here last week that they actually had better scoring forwards than Dublin had. And it was proved yesterday. Yeah. Some, some of the long range shooting was good. Um, look, there was other serious issues as well. You know, I mean, Dublin's complacency was 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 shocking. I, I was just amazed by it. Really, um, you know, did they completely underestimate Leash um, yesterday? It just looked like that. Um, and I don't want to just that that that's the excuse. But there was probably a couple of things that sort of lent to it, it, itself to that. Like all of the talk was about Dublin and Tipperary. Um, you know, every all the media people were sort of talking about that. And, you know, so I I heard some. Some article and read some articles where there was wasn't even a mention of the preliminary quarterfinal. It wasn't even mentioned, and you know sometimes that um, is, is it. You know teams get lazy. Everybody gets lazy, and it seeps into the subconscious, in, yeah. and you don't and you don't think about. But there was a couple of other little things as well. Um, 
I just know that Leash played Dublin's second team in a challenge game a number of weeks ago um, and Dublin hockeyed them. Now, on the flip side of that, Leash played Cork's second team and the reverse was was, was the case and played really, really well against them. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know the details of it, but, you know, maybe maybe Eddie and Niall and the lads maybe threw a bit of a curved ball to Dublin in that game. I don't know. Maybe they didn't play with a, sle- with a sweeper or whatever. I don't yeah. know. But there was, a, there was a number of things sort of happened which lulled... Uh, you know Dublin definitely into the bear trap and I, I'm just amazed that they fell so completely for it um, for Dublin not to counter um, John Lennon as a sweeper yesterday was I was just amazed by it even if they yeah. just simply if they engaged him even it would, it would have made a difference you see, see Dublin quite liked leaving Moran free and he got the free roll because <coughs> Madden marked Mark Kavanagh so Dublin kind of liked that situation that uh, Sean Moran gets the free I had roll to do with it, but, but that's not the issue why would you why would you allow the opposition team play their best player as a sweeper. John Lennon is a very intelligent hurler, uh, you know, a lot of confidence about himself in terms of possession of the ball and that yesterday. And all of those aspects shone through yesterday. Yeah. And he's a real front foot. He, he played sweeper exactly the way you want to play it. Oh, he's brilliant foot. at it, yeah. And he's really quick at coming through the lines and giving an assist to, to, to defenders and that. Why wouldn't you play one of your other forwards on him and leave somebody else free? That's the first thing. As a manager, that's the first thing you will do. Well, look, let's take this fell out of it anyway first and let's see who they want to appoint then as the sweeper. And it was, you know, I, I was just amazed by a lot of things that, that Dublin didn't do in a situation like that. And I'm just going back to that complacency word again. You know, did they completely underestimate Leash, both management and team completely underestimate. I even thought their their warm-up was a little bit, it certainly wasn't to the intensity level you would yeah. think to go into a war. Um, I was actually a bit concerned about Leash's warm-up. I thought it was too long because the weather was so warm and no one the short turnaround and that they had points the week before. I was thinking, geez, Leash, relax there, do a bit of stretching. You're, you're, yeah, I, thought, uh, I thought they'd done too much while well, I was watching it. But I say, Willie, look... Uh, what uh, do uh, I know? No, no, it's not that. No, no, you do know. Um, uh, what I'm going to say, you do know very well. Um, you, you're just being consistent in these things. Don't change. Go go with routine. Don't change things around. And I would imagine that the warm-up wasn't hugely different uh, than it was the previous week and that. You know, don't confuse players a yeah. minute before a big game like that. Um, and, and I'd say even just before the throw-in is often good time to give the players a minute or two at that stage to gather their thoughts and that and not go flat to the mat I've seen some warm-ups and look it depends on the team you have some some things um, trigger different teams and that but I just thought the dropping of the ball and that um, by Dublin was nearly indicative of the way they started you know it certainly wasn't at the championship fervour and pace and I just thought there was you know I'm just talking generally here now there's one other aspect um, you know the least dogs of war fought like dogs of war. You know, Dublin didn't match that. Um, Charlie and Willie Dunphy thundered into everything, hit everything in sight, won everything in sight, got tumbled up and down themselves a couple of yeah. times. And it wasn't that, that ferocity wasn't matched by Dublin. And I, I know, and we all know that Dublin can match that. They matched it against Galway, but it just didn't bring that hunger and desire to the game, I thought. On, on, on. Now, look, Woolly, it may very well be that that they were out out muscled. I don't like the well, word that muscled, well, see, but they I were know, out fought. I'll, I'll take your point, fair enough, for the first half, Cheddar. Now, Dublin looked like they were at sixes and sevens, but they regrouped at half time and they knew yes. they were in a battle in the second yes. half. And Leash beat them in that battle as well. You know, like, I mean, OK, Dublin might have won the second half by three, whatever, three points or whatever it was. Yeah. 
but that was a fit. That was a game Dublin knew after regrouping, and Dublin came out with a different attitude. So, like, I mean, I'll take it. I do think that the slip walked into it, and before mm. they knew it, they were five down and they were in a war, and they hadn't maybe thought they were going yes. to be in it, and yeah. a huge crowd. But you'd give Leash huge credit for the second half for no, even answering when they got back level. No, I agree. The, the thing that pleased me most about Leash yesterday was the self belief um, when Dublin came level, and even before that, Willie. Um, Dublin crept up at him a number of times and Leash would go back down and they'd, yeah. they'd knock it over the bar again and keep the scoreboard ticking. And, I, you know, obviously Dublin had a huge amount of wides as well. Now Leash... Oh, 16-12 you know, in the end. Yeah, or so not much in that. No, there's not much in that. It wasn't the, it wasn't the change of the game. No. Uh, nonetheless, some of the Dublin ones were, were hard to credit, really. Were, yeah. At that level is all I'll say. And I go back, I'm going back to that point again um, of what I made and I was saying it to Dotsy yesterday as well that, you know, Dublin need one or two of those forwards. I just keep using the example of the John McGrath example or the Pat Horgan I know they don't grow on trees they come once in a lifetime uh, players that in very very short situations and particularly on the back foot when you're under pressure um, and that you can t- get get the shot away that'll take the score and some some of the shots yesterday that Dublin took were under pressure and when they were on the back foot you know that those scores weren't coming um, so I, I, I do agree Willie on that I think Dublin had a chance at half time to reorganise themselves and I don't think they've done a huge amount to reorganise themselves. But even if no, it was, their attitude, though, they organised that. They, they did, certainly did yeah, that. Tactically, they, they didn't do much. Yeah, I, did, I thought that, and, and, and certainly, the, you know, they, they did come out with, with. Certainly, they were more motivated, motivated in the second half. I do agree with you on that. And you know, great credit to Leash for really sticking with it, and um, you know, not just peaking for thirty minutes, and you know, playing consistently right throughout the seventy minutes, and even coming down down to the end, you know, getting some great scores. I mean, Willie Dunphy got some scores coming down the wire yesterday that it would grace any pitch. And yeah. Any day, and all Ireland final day, they would grace it. There were some fantastic scores and some good layoffs and pop points and that. So, so huge credit to the lads for even when the pressure came on that they didn't blink, nor did they change their style. They still worked the ball out of the defence cleverly, used the ball intelligently, laid off the ball, had runners coming off the shoulder and popped the pints. And, yeah. and uh, you know, huge, huge credit and huge credit to the management as well. Their matchups um, really worked yesterday. And, and he, lines on Crummy worked lovely. Yes, it did, yes. And and uh, I think the biggest matchup yesterday was Jack Kelly and, and Danny Sutcliffe. And Sutcliffe. And then when Sutcliffe got on top of Kelly in the second half with his with his uh, legs, they changed it very quickly. They I did. was mentioning yes. that to Eddie. That was a good move too not just putting him on him but no, also taking him off him when he needed to be no, I agree with that um, but I, I think what was more important happened before that Willie Jack Kelly didn't, wasn't content just to mark Danny Sutcliffe yeah. Jack Kelly had more offences I said than, than Danny Sutcliffe had yesterday and they so hit him with a load of puck outs too didn't they yeah well look Dublin do that um, and uh, you know so there was, a, there was a lot to admire about Leash yesterday um, and in terms of the way they faced it and I'll go back to um, um, I suppose look I, I, I'll say also, and I've said this, that, you know, technical hurlers, really, really good technical hurlers. Aaron Dunphy is a sweeter hurler as you will find anywhere. So is Roddy. So is Mark Havana. These are technically gifted players. And technically gifted players can find their own time and find their own space. And they don't need that huge amount of space to get the shot away and to get a score away. So, you know, look, Leash have a lot of things in their locker when you have that quality of forward. But I want to turn to the other side, Woolly. Because I said it here last week that um, Ender Rowland will surely be considered for for uh, um, for an all-star at this stage, at, at the very least a nomination. And he proved it yesterday. And, and it was three aspects. The three aspects that you expect a goalkeeper to be good at. He needs to save the ball and he'd done it yesterday and, and a goal at that stage. Well, I'd say even the second time, you might recover from the first goal, but you wouldn't have recovered from Danny Sutcliffe's shot. Um, and it was a reaction save and, uh, you know, it was really, really important. 
Um, the second aspect of his, uh, obviously, is his free-taking ability. I mean, he scored two points yesterday, and, you know, we laud Owen Murphy about that when he when he do, does it. And this guy can do that, and he's been doing it for a number of years, for a number of teams. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think the biggest aspect about yesterday, about Enda, was his puckouts. There weren't, as we'd call them, and hurling droppers or hangers or, you know, different counties have different names for these things, which favours catchers. There were there were low trajectory pookouts, which favours a half hour coming onto the ball, either for the catch or to tap down to himself. So it sort of took the Chris Crummy strength away from him, you know, whereas there's a hanger there. I mean, Chris will outfield anybody with that type of ball. So will Liam Ryan and so will the Wexford halfbacks and that type of stuff. Yeah. When there you were bullets, type, yeah. There were bullets coming coming at hand height that you can take them, take them at height or you can actually tap into, like like we spoke about um, about um, Bonner last week. He said to tap the ball to different sides for runners to come onto the ball. Um, so I think I think they were that was also really important because I know we 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 might have coughed up maybe one or two pokeouts, but uh, on average. I thought they were really, really important to us retaining the ball and just having the confidence to, for in our system and all of those things. Yeah, no, they definitely were. I thought, like, I mean, the use of the ball was brilliant, like I mentioned to Eddie, and the hand passes, and even, you know, the hand passes in hurling now, because, you know, like, the middle third is so so congested that often you're bottled up and you have to actually hand pass it up over your head and yes. bat it down to someone free and there was always someone free and Lennon was brilliant at that that he lent a hand like I mean so they got so much right I think a lot of the ball in the first half went over towards Ross King's uh, corner at the terrace side and I thought just this is just one thing I think they could potentially improve on is um, Ross was running out in straight lines and Paddy Smith was right up his backside mm. and he was yeah. breaking out like if that ball's coming diagonal to his corner he should get it out of that corner and you know Cha or whoever is in there should be coming out to collect that do you know what I mean so running out in straight lines is a little bit old fashioned and I thought Ross to you know to his detriment was doing it a little bit too yeah. often on, on a defender like Paddy Smith like he's too tight for that kind of stuff No I agree with you um Certainly there was a good bit of ball went over there. Um, some of it, I think, was just going too strong through the lines. That type of ball needs to be maybe 10 metres out in front of you on the grass that, you know, you were run onto it. Um, I'm going back to the forward needs to be able to shield a man away from the ball. In other words, the cornerback really has to beat you out to the ball to actually get to it. And look, you know, you don't need to be the fastest player. You can shield a man from breaking and he's going to foul you out for the ball. Um, and I just felt that the ball going in may not have been as precise and to the right place, but that's easy to say. There was an element say. of that too, yeah. It was a little bit easy to say up the stand. But the other side of that is, you know, Roddy has come back um, into the leash uh, panel, you know, maybe a number of months ago, may not have had the pre-season done and the, the sort of foundation that's needed to be, to be able to be. Paddy Smith is a fantastic, quick and a very, very good man marker, one of the best Dublin players. Um, you know, so you need to be, you need to be, think a little bit more of how you're actually going to beat him. And the, the, the last point I'll make in that is when Roddy went out to the half hour line, he was instrumental in yeah. creating and scoring a couple of scores there. That was um, a good move. See, they got all, they got mm. all the switches right, Cheddar, didn't they? Yeah. Like, because I thought Ross was struggling in that corner, and it was an element of the bad ball, but also his runs. But then the half hour line, he got on a nice little bit of ball, set up a score, scored an inspirational one. And that was the right move at that time. And I think they moved Aaron Dunphy across to the side then that all the ball yeah. was going on, going down to get him into the game as well. Yeah, look, it, it was nearly one of these games, um, Willie, when all of the things you try, you know, come right for you and come off for you. I mean, I thought Charlie was 
was given a physical performance around the middle third and they moved Willie out there out yeah. to Willie Dunphy out there and moved Charlie inside um, and look maybe the lads were just resting players for the time I, I, I don't know uh, I don't know the inside on that um, if it was it was a great idea um, but there's not too many people in Leash would have put Willie out in the middle of the field no. simply simply because of his injury history maybe more than anything else and, he, and, and the other side of that is his danger in and around the square and club hurling in Leash Willie Dunphy is, is dynamite anywhere within 30 metres of the goal um, but the move really worked and, and I just thought that maybe 10 minutes from the end maybe bringing Charlie back out there to consolidate the middle third and bring that physical element to it you know might have even might have even given us more purchases as such um, but look all of the moves worked and um, yeah. and you know you, you've got to give credit uh, to even the matchups and the moves during the game all of them worked and that, you know that's great kudos to management here Yeah and Willie Dunphy has a like I mean the, the I love a forward being converted to midfield. Like they did it with Ross King a couple of years ago, a different management, I think it was Eamon Kelly. Um, Damien Hayes is the big one that kind of started it all off, I think. But Willie kind of staying out of the play and being there for a hand pass back to score. Like there is a lot of sense to having an accurate fella out around there, you know, to stay out of the rooks. Don't be getting into that and, you know, um, be mm. there to stick it over the bar. I, I think, uh, Willie, it depends on your game plan. Um, you know, your chief scorers need to be close to the goal. There's a huge amount of statistics uh, driven by statistical people in the GA that says something like 90% or something like that of all scores happen within within that maybe 30, 40 metres in front of the, of, the, of the goals. And that's with all game plans over the last couple of years. So it would make sense to have your chief score getters close to goal to make sure that you, you execute all of those. On the flip side of that, if you're working the ball around the middle and shooting from distance, well, then obviously that's not going to work. Your your score getters then, um, you know, you're not going to be putting ball into them. Um, so it it would depend on your team and it would depend on the way you're playing to put your, your chief score getters or your chief shooters in the right places, uh, getting the right type of ball to get the scores. And Roddy and Willie Dunphy in club hurling and county hurling um, in that, in that, you know, a semicircle in front of the goals are simply lethal. Um, and I'll speak up, Roddy, here, and I hope Nicky English doesn't mind me mentioning his name here, but a number of years ago, I would have been in regular contact with Nicky. Um, Nicky was manager of UCD at the time, and he rated Roddy King as one of the finest corner forwards and definitely the coming corner forward in hurling. And, you know, Nicky doesn't mince his words about, about players. He speaks honestly about players. And he definitely just doesn't talk up players for the sake of it. Um, so, you know, Roddy and Willie and, and these type of players, they have that ability. Um, it it happened yesterday that all things, there was really a confluence of things yesterday. All things came right on the day and a performance like that. Um, I suppose just all of us would just love to see that consistency throughout it throughout uh, games but they have that ability and you know as I said to you I've used Nicky's name as an example here because he certainly knows he's hurling people recognise that these some of these players have you know serious um, potential to play to yeah. this level it's just getting all of the culture and all of those things right to make the best use of all of our, our resources here on the day and I think that happened yesterday Yeah I think it did and like Brennan Cummins has said something similar about the Leash players who would have had first hand experience with them as as well, like well, I mean, was, was goalkeeping coach with ourselves yeah, for with a you, of yeah. years. Yes, yeah. So, like, Maddie Kenny said after the game, he said that that was an, an unacceptable performance. He actually, the face on Maddie Kenny in the interview in the Sunday game, he looked like he was after sucking on a lemon. So he was. He was absolutely livid, shell shocked, all those things. 
He said it was an unacceptable performance from our group and we know that the problem is it's too fucking late now. So like, I mean, that's yeah. the problem, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, Dublin didn't have that wake up call because they performed so well in the in the Leinster part of yes. it. Even again, going down against Kilkenny, you could still say they played well. It's just Kilkenny played better, you know. Yes. So yeah. Dublin got their got taught their lesson at a time when they're out. So, you know, that's it. He I just can understand to, Matty, yes, and I have a huge sympathy yeah. for Matty. I mean, look, we, we, we've all been there, Willie. Um, you know, Matty pours his heart and soul. He's an incredibly um, uh, passionate man about any team and caring man about any team. I don't know Matty well, but that's what I'm seeing from the outside. And I really feel for him after yesterday. Um, and look, I, I don't think he was saying that the players didn't perform. I think he was saying all of us just didn't perform in the day. And unfortunately, now the game is over and we can't change that. I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in the heat of the moment after the match like that, particularly performance like that, you know, you're just your thoughts are a little bit yeah. all over the place. I don't think he was blaming players. I no, do think I, he included I, everyone in absolutely. that. Yeah. I wouldn't judge. I certainly wouldn't judge Matt here. I judge no person or everybody's a human being here after the matches. And, and uh, they're highly charged, highly emotional games. And it was a huge blow to Dublin here. Um, and look, I, I, I suppose I, I probably would question a couple of. I think they did Dublin have a launch of their jersey or something like that last week and all of that. You know, it's amazing. Um, you know, I suppose little things like that can lead to um, you know what, what sort of happened yesterday, complacency and all of those things. It, it's just. I suppose it just illustrates all of the minutiae that you need to manage. Absolutely everything, phone call, the whole works uh, that you need to manage to make sure that yesterday doesn't happen. And even you can still do all of that and it can still happen. Um, you know, so I had a huge sympathy for Matty yesterday, you know, poured his heart and soul into a Dublin project and has done the same in Kula for a number of years. And then just, you know, it's, it's very sickening to come out of that from a player and management perspective and know that you haven't given it your best shot. If you have given it your best shot, done everything you can and you get turned over while well, you say look we need to go back and look at that and fix some things come back next year but if you haven't given your shot it's a real dagger in the heart it definitely is um, finish up Ryan Milani said after the game yesterday he says it'll make people want to hurl for leash the amount of young lads that were out there hopefully they will look up now and want to hurl for leash people will be proud to play for leash they'll want to do it and think that we're going places and that's a fair point so the knock-on of this is the inspiring the young children who are all at the game but also the faces the four or five players who didn't want to commit this year who would have something to offer I think there was 16 in total but I think that number might be a bit, little bit exaggerated Cheddar would it like I mean uh, yeah, there's a few camera slides would be good enough to play you know there might be one or two more that, and maybe Cahar could come back you know yeah. if fingers crossed if he was right nothing wrong with what he did he'd given the hurlers a good few years and was going yes. with the footballers so if you got maybe those three or four back next year would strengthen the thing up again. I know. I, I, look, I, I'd, um, I'd agree that look, there's not 16. Um, if there is, we would have been consistently performing over the last 30 or 40 years. Look, there is certainly some players, Joel Campion, Kieran Collier, Collier Lee yeah. Bergen, uh, Sean Downey. Look, they have been on or off the panel the last couple of years. And look, some of these are, are it's not, um, that they don't want to engage. Some of it may very well be personal things and, and that, um, you know, that they have in their lives and that. Certainly those four players and Cahar, you know, I, I'd be delighted to see Cahar, first of all, getting over his injury uh, fully and committing to hurling again next year. And like those five players would actually have started yesterday. Would they all start? Uh, all without, without a doubt. But that's not the point, Woolly. The point is... Um, those five, five players cannot just walk into a, a least dressing room now and expect that jersey back. Um, you've got to go in there now and earn it. And you know, there needs to be a little bit of, of um, I don't know, um, 
bringing that together and pulling that together, there would be certainly a welcome in it because, you know, that that's the issue with the leash and Carlos and Westmead. Uh, and look, I'll, I'll use Westmead. Westmead were missing Niall O'Brien and Owen Price and Niall Mitchell this year and it was a huge blow to them and a huge blow to them yesterday. I know Owen pledged yesterday. Um, but, but these counties, because of their low numbers of, you know, quality players to be able to play at this level, um, it really hurts them if you're missing a few players. Um, so to leash, that would be a major boost to the team, but only if everybody's on the win, one wavelength. And the first people you need to consider is the people who poured their heart and soul into a win yesterday. Um, you know, you need to, to be able to mend all of those things and you just cannot say, I oh, will go out and get the lads back and we'll improve the extra 5%. It's not going to work like that, but it would be hugely beneficial if that could happen and all of the proper connecting and all the wiring up and hard wiring needed in a team like that was done, then it would be beneficial, but only under those type of conditions. Brilliant stuff, Chatter. We'll be back with Paddy Power Performance of the Weekend. A lot of people do say, what do you love about hunting? They do say. Uh, is, it, is it the fresh air? Is it the great outdoors? Is it the thrill? No. I just love killing things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so Paddy, power performance of the weekend. Before we get into our nominations, I've narrowed it down to five. It was an easy cheddar to narrow it down to five because you could have picked all 15 and the, the three lads that came on as well. Um, three or four wh- how many came on first I want you wanted to thank a few big names who turned up to your charity game on Saturday night a good crowd showed up to uh, it too. was great yeah that was a fantastic uh, return from um, look I'll speak about leash players first because of the day that's in it um, you know ex-leash players who turned up um, and a fantastic uh, turnout from um, you know the other counties I mean Dan was up from Dungarve and Brendan Bugler was up from, from Ennis Ollie was up from Limerick like, and I'm, I'm just using the ones that are from far away and I need, need to give a mention to Michael Carton and to Dotsie um, who you know who were, who were beaten yesterday they were down on Saturday night as well and a lot of other players as well um, and you know everybody was very very thankful to them and uh, you know it just showed really the generosity of the GAA community um, and it's not just simply because it was a charity event it just shows the decency and generosity of people um, in situations like this and I'd just like to say thanks very much to everybody who turned up yeah okay fair enough first nomination for Paddy Power Performance the weekend is Willie Dunphy and we, we touched on him already Cheddar it was not just the four points from play like you said he hit everything that moved he's a hardy hoer he took an awful hit under the terrace it looked like his collarbone was gone we were speculating um, if, if he was able to continue next minute he's back lined up in midfield in the second half says this lad must be Superman he set up the goal by chasing down a completely lost cause that Sean Moran didn't have the, the, the interest in chasing down kept it from going in and like you said, rounded him and then his lethal in those situations went for goal from a tight angle and it came out to his brother then, Aaron, who stuck it away. Like, so all in all, like a, a game, just fairy tale stuff really from him. Yeah, no, um, you know, a fantastic player. Look, as I said earlier on, um, I just wanted to put in context of what Willie Dunphy plays with. Um, you know, he's, he will always have that injury and please God, it won't hurt him for the rest of his life, but he is one tough player and um, you know collarbone broken I probably would have played on to be honest with you would he, <laughs> I wouldn't even have felt it like you know that it's that I suppose that separated Leash a little bit um, from Dublin yesterday and there was a little bit of the sort of the cracks from maybe 10-15 years ago 
that, you know, when you physically get in among Dublin, that they don't match that. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about no time for dirty hurling or any of that sort of stuff. It's just that physical aggression on the contested ball that when you get in among them, um, sometimes they, they, they don't match it. And, you know, I think they were seriously complacent yesterday and certainly didn't manage match Willie Dunphy on the contested ball or Charlie on the contested ball. You know, and at the end of the day, they're... They're the Bonners uh, of, you know, that, that's what the Bonners bring to Tipperary. We've spoken about this a number of times in terms of these type of players and their value to the team. They set the tone for the team and they certainly set the tone about, you know, how we were going to win yesterday. Yeah, so Willie Dunphy, uh, you know, certainly a contender for it, yes. Yeah, uh, Chad Dwyer, we've mentioned some of these already. Chad set the tone early anyways with that, an inspirational point, threw it up off the hurl. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he'd go through a brick wall and he would. Like, I mean, that's just the way he is. He's as tough as nails, isn't he? And like, he's really, really physical player. Uh, he'd be, he, he, you know, you wouldn't want to hide. He's a very, very good hurler as well. I mean, yeah. Charlie Dwyer, I spoke about him last week and... Don't want to over egg um, Charlie here, but you know Charlie Dwyer dragged Castlecomer Community School to a Leinster A uh, Championship um, in schools, and you know has been doing this for Leeds for a number of years. Has done the very very same thing with Carlo IT. Dragged them to two of its given cup finals, if my memory is correct. Definitely to one, but definitely I think actually to, to two. Um, you know, so he's that type of player, and look, he's. He addresses Iron Mills and, um, you know, that tells you enough about, about the man. <laughs> it definitely does. Ryan Milani, um, I thought, was outstanding. Not only keeping Keeney quiet, he Keeney one mm. or two uh, wides, but Keeney's really top-level player, but also some really strong runs. You know, he's a powerful man when he gets going, isn't he? Yes, um, and, uh, you know, that that was really important uh, because if you look at the last number of games, there was a lot of emotion around... Um, um, Conal Keeney and his performance and his importance to Dublin. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Ryan did did break him yesterday. Um, there was no doubt about that. Now, in fairness, Conal missed a couple of points as well that if he put over the bar, you know, you might have had a different view of this today. But particularly earlier on, then they, they isolated Conal almost on the sideline. I have seen him do that below in Wexford Park against Wexford. I've seen it Dublin do this a number of times. Isolate him under the dropping ball, under the book out, uh, knock at the dropper out on top of him and he makes the run crosswise across your body, uh, takes possession and of course he's bearing down on goal and then you're, you're in a little bit of trouble that, that way. And Ryan actually caught, a, 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 he definitely caught one clean ball right over his head and powered up the sideline. Um, Ryan has always been able to do that from underage up, uh, Woolly. Um, I just think that his fitness levels weren't where they should have been in the last year or two. They certainly are now, um, and it just shows what he can do, you know. And it just shows, I suppose, the importance of fitness to today's game. That you know, you could have a lot of of um, good skills yourself, but if you don't have that fitness level, you're just you're just not going to survive in the game. Um, and he certainly got himself in great shape this year, and that was early on. It wasn't just recently; it was earlier on. Got himself in great shape, not the same to bubbles to be honest with you you just knew by looking at his body composition that he was in a complete different shape than he was the last couple of years and he's a big man six foot two or three or four maybe and you know he'll hurl to that size as well and you sort of need that air game and look that was that broke one of Dublin's key planks over the last couple of games uh, Conal being dominant particularly in the air and the half forward line and then distributing the ball around the place um, and you know it certainly hurt Dublin did you know? Do you have you noticed a difference in their in all of their physical conditioning? Do you notice that they're maybe improved a bit on the strength and conditioning, and that they look li- physically bigger or stronger? Uh, I I wouldn't say that, uh, Willie. They're definitely fitter. Um, there's no doubt about that. And and but a lot of that, Willie. Sometimes you misjudge that, and you think a team is is fitter. But a lot of that is the coaching more to do maybe than strength and conditioning. Now I do think they are fitter than they were last year or the year before, but. 
a lot of that, if you're playing a possession game and and you have supporters coming off the shoulder, they've already made their run maybe five seconds before their their, their opposition. Um, and you have, you have a number of lead runners then coming off the shoulder to take the ball and the team simply looks fit and they're pinging the ball to hand. So once um, a lead player comes off the half-back line, the receivers in the half-hour line have already made a s- small run to get into the open space or to get into the channel to receive it. Now they're in open territory and they're able to make that burst of run with the ball in possession. And you just know by looking or you think by looking at it, got these, this team team is flying when, yeah. when that has more to do with the system of play and using and, the ball better and yeah. using the ball better and I go back I, I, I want to pay a lot of compliments to Niall you know Niall's been hugely influential in that and has probably has, has a more major role to play than anybody in the way that Leash is playing at the minute yeah uh, John Lennon um, thought he was outstanding a, a lot of Sean Murphy Kevin Foley these fellas get a lot of credit for being brilliant sweepers but for a man who wouldn't play that role all mm. that often at least with Leash anyways I'm not too sure but geez, he was a very clever player. He was over where the danger was. He doubled up when he needed to. He intercepted when needed to. And he played the role like a, a, a man that's mm. been playing it a long, long time. Like, I mean, he was always where the danger was. Yes, I, I know John a long time. Maybe coach him even at 114 level at different times in his career and certainly at senior level. Um, what age is he? I'd say John's are maybe 21 or 22. Maybe 20, 23 now, maybe at this stage. A lot of that team are probably in a 23-year age bracket now. Um, first of all, he's a very, very intelligent um, man, and um, you know you certainly need that playing that role because you cannot just you know get get the ball off of somebody and hump it up the field. You got to understand exactly what you're going to do with the ball. Very composed, great confidence in himself as a person. Um, so you need all of those things in that role. I, I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, originally, I would have seen John Lennon, you know, when he was younger, as being that grafting eleven that you might be looking for in a team if that's the way you wanted to play. And I'm sort of thinking about the role that, that John Parry used to play with Kenny a number of years ago. Um, you know, he's an he's a great uh, guy, very very competitive guy again to win ball, particularly primary ball off the floor and that, and to break through the tackle or break into the open space and then find people with an offload. He's he's just really really good at that. You know, when you think of it, that's not the similar to what you're looking for in a sweeper yeah. but you're right the team hasn't played a sweeper for a little while and that, sorry that's one of the other things I, I just wanted to say Woolly about Dublin I don't want to be critical of a Dublin management team because Dublin have a fantastic management team at the minute um, and I, I know some of them and you know I know what they will bring to the table here Um but they must have known that Dublin were going to, or that Leash were going to try something different. And look, what were you going to try against uh, in an underdog situation? You probably you'll play some defensive screen. It mightn't be necessarily an out-and-out sweeper, but you would plan for it. And, uh, you know, I didn't think that Dublin tried anything to, to reduce the effectiveness of John Lennon yesterday because he was absolutely crucial to the team win yesterday. Not necessarily himself, but that role was crucial in the way he carried it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ender, Ender Rowland, we've obviously mentioned him. Two monster frees. Brilliant save from Danny Sutcliffe, which is routine for him at this stage. I was at the Antrim game and he made two equally spectacular saves in the first half. And another brilliant save where he came out and smothered uh, Dylan, who loves to score a goal and it was bearing mm-hmm. down on goals. He, he tried to throw it up and bat it in. Um, it looked like there was a goal on. He's, and you, you, you've covered him fairly well with his, with his puck outs that don't mm-hmm. hang. And look, he's mm-hmm. just outstanding. I think he's a shoe in for an, a nomination for an All-Star at this stage, at least anyways. Like, yep. You know, depending on what happens against Tipperary, he could be in, or in with a right shout. Um, and, and, and Woody, that's really important. I read the goalkeeper in hurling your most important player. First of all, he's most positions in his hand. So he can influence a game more than any other player. Generally speaking, he has. Um, but the other side of that, he's also 
the player that can contribute most to your confidence in your team. Um, Ender Roland and all of the great keepers will save the ball that they should save. They may not be able to save. You won't see them diving around the goal key, the goals and that type of stuff, um, you know, making stupendous saves and then letting one through their legs or something like that. He will save. You will not beat Ender Roland. Uh, I'd say anywhere outside 30 metres uh, you just won't beat him and that's that's just that's what you expect that's his job you're not expecting him to do anything different than your full back or your centre back rank that's his job he should be able to do it um, but he does that and he's a you know he's a great steadying influence and a very good talker to the team in front of him and you know I just rate goalkeepers so important um, to, to the team both to confidence and obviously to doing his own job as well Yeah listen there's loads more uh, performances but like we can name everyone Mark Cavanaugh was actually well shackled by Madden um, didn't get the free roll that they used to Dublin did her homework on him and they did their homework on Paddy personal as well they were they didn't let him get on many of his you know famous runs he got on one or two but they were fairly tracking him you know they had they definitely had their homework done on a few of Leisha's uh danger men Aaron Dunphy obviously scored one two um outstanding as well Jack Kelly was brilliant um right throughout the game look you could name the whole team Tom Matthew or Matthew Whelan actually had didn't have one of his stronger games which is He's usually a lot steadier than that. Lee Clear was one that I meant, I meant to mention. He caught a brilliant ball in the yes. first half. And I think what did that ball end up in the goal where Willie Dunphy chased the lost cause? It could have, but he won mm. a free then, like Eddie Brennan mentioned in the second half, um, which Ender Rowland stuck over. He got a short puck out and took on his man and got pulled down and got the free, which is a really important time as well. So, geez, you could name the whole team, like I said, uh, Cheddar, but I think we're going to give it to Willie Dunphy. Um, for the four points from play for everything that we said uh, he works for a friend of mine Danny Hanlon who fit, fitted a kitchen in my house so I know that <laughs> Willie had a, had, a, had a part in that as well Well so. Willie I'm going to disagree with you on this, <laughs> this one now and I'm sorry um, I'm sorry about this um, first of all um, just, just touch on another point Willie um, why um, Dublin didn't go to kitchen at some stage and put uh, Connell in there when things weren't weren't working otherwise yeah, for him I don't know but look that that's discussion for the next day um, Hayes uh, finished the first half really strongly H- H- see, Hayes is a very good hurler and I've seen him hurl he hurled actually corner forward against Leash in, in the Moore Park in a league game a number of years ago I rate him very very highly um, and he's a tall player um, you know working off of that breaking ball off of and with him working off that breaking ball coming off of uh, Conal Keeney might have caused us some problems I was just surprised that there was a number of things there that Dublin didn't work on that there was a, I didn't see a plan B in other words even if that's route one to the kitchen because of the players to play it but anyway look that's the discussion for another day I'm not going to name any man in the match Woolly, uh, because I don't think it's right I'm just going to name a leash team um, a leash management, management team and a leash supporters yesterday were all man in the match and we'll just leave it at that OK well listen I'll agree with that and maybe I, I, Paddy I'll say, one, I'll say one other point Woolly. Leash have just won a match um, and obviously we're very, very proud about that. But let's not get carried away. You know, we, we, we want this to be different. We want it to be consistent. We want to keep our feet on the ground and we want to pursue all of the things that's going to make us consistent. We're delighted with our players yesterday, but we want to change things. Exactly. Right. Well, I'll get on to Paddy Power, see we'll just send a pair of uh, lucky pants to the <laughs> leash team, substitutes, management and everyone who showed up to a Moor Park yesterday, including you and me, Cheddar. <laughs> everyone in the audience. That's the kind of mood we're all in after this win Cheddar thanks very much for coming up on your holidays um, a good few people asked me to get you up uh, today so thanks very much for doing that for us pleasure um, if you can't do it after a win like that then we, we'll never we'll never do it so that's it Tipperary next for Leash I understand that Cork beat Westmead but we don't care about that this is all about Leash's win uh, we'll talk about Cork on Thursday in the lead up to a huge game 
against Kilkenny. But um, yeah, like I said, it's been all about Leash. It's fantastic yesterday. And they're a credit to the county and congratulations to them. And best of luck against Tipperary. We'll talk about that as well on Thursday's show. We'll talk to you then. Good luck. Sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to goal, I said I should go on. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, har- I'm heartbroken. I let it go because I won't see you later on with not a lot of talking.